good morning. Hey, I've got something I want to share with you. Um, this message uh, is about homosexuality. So I want to title it this way. I want to say homosexuality is a desire from the flesh, not from the spirit. When we are born again into Christ, the scripture tells us to walk in the spirit. And the scripture also tells us that we are um, basically at war now. Because now we have our flesh that has its own desires. And our spirit, as we walk in Christ, has its own desires. The Spirit desires to draw us closer to God. Okay, the Spirit now that is alive inside of us now desires to begin to clean up the things in our life that we once were submitted to. So we walked in the flesh, we pleasured the flesh, the flesh, we lived according to the flesh. Now we've been born again and now we're walking in and we're supposed to grow and walk into the spirit. Walking into the spirit will, as time goes on, will move you further and further away from the desires of the flesh. The desire for sex alone is a desire from the flesh. But the desire for love, um, the desire to reproduce, can become holy when you take it into a spiritual realm and let God be the leader of that. So, in our flesh, there may be a desire for a lustful desire. And that lustful desire may lead you into pornography. That lustful desire may lead you to desire children. That lustful desire may des uh, lead you into um, desiring someone of the same sex. And I don't mean to offend anybody who's homosexual and think, oh, I've just placed them into some pretty gross categories because I know that in their heart and mind, they don't desire those sorts of things um, and they don't see it in that regard. So it's not to offend anybody, but it's to let, and basically I have homosexual friends. Um, I have a friend that um, actually that I'm more still connected to. I've known him for many years. Uh, he ended up coming out gay and that's fine. I'm not going to disregard our relationship and friendship. My love is still there for him. Uh, however, um, I think if he were to get back into church and really submit his desires to God, I, I think he would find himself being more drawn to holiness, righteousness, and God than he would be to the fleshly desires that he might, uh, that he still has. 
And so because we're all in a broken world, raised in very broken families, we turn out broken. And sometimes we take those broken desires and we just fulfill them and find fulfillment in ways that, um, that are not godly. And I think that's what's happened to some people. And so I remember, um, now I don't always hope to be single, but I remember for years thinking that I, I must find a relationship. That's what we do, you know, as humans. We don't stay single, we find a mate. And it took me, I'd say seven years to finally grow out of that and come to that realization that it may not be God's will for my life. It may be a hindrance to my life, as a matter of fact. It may be hindering my um, ministry and where God wants to lead me. And it it was like when God, when the Holy Spirit began the, the, the process of teaching me that, I was super offended. How could you allow everybody else to get married and then tell me no? How could you bless someone else and then, you know, keep that from me. And so it, it was hard. And, um, I went through that stage of just kind of, uh, I'd say resentment almost where I was just kind of angry with the Holy spirit and the Lord. And I was like, really? Uh, but as time went on and as I kept seeking God and growing, I realized that what if that that's me dying to my flesh? What if I had to give it all up. And I, and the Bible says for us to give and carry our cross. What if I had to get, that was my cross. And when I really got serious with the calling in my life and really cared more about my purpose and the calling than I did about my personal life, where I lived, what job I had, what husband I had, you know, what house I lived in, um, what church I was going to. When I got dead serious with all of that, that's when I started more and more walking in the spirit and dying to my flesh. Part of dying to that flesh. Now, I'm not saying that God won't bless me with a husband. As a matter of fact, I believe at some point, once I'm in my ministry and in my calling, and I have established myself that there's not a hindrance at that moment, that, that, that I would probably get married. But I don't stay there anymore. I die to that because if I had to come to the point where I said, it's either that if I never got married, am I okay with that? What if that's, you know, this is a temporary life and we treat it like it's the forever life. And I do say things like we only have one life to live, so live it for the Lord and live it with all of you, got, you know, with, with all joy. But it was just bizarre. I had never thought that I dying to my flesh would mean dying to the desire of having a relationship with a man. And so I kind of put that same scenario on the desire that someone who gets saved, who struggles with homosexuality, they may have to die to that desire. And that's not something they have thought about. They've thought about, I'm a homosexual. That's who I am. But yet I want to serve God. And they're torn. 
in between those two ideas. So what do they do? You may have to come to that point where you say to yourself, yes, it's my desire, but I don't want my desire. I want God's desire. And if God doesn't desire such a thing, then I've got to walk away from that because I'm putting God before my flesh. I'm putting God before my lust. And you say to yourself, well, what if God wants me to marry a woman? That seems so foreign to me now that I'm, you know, have been homosexual all these years. That's where my mind is. You know, if you really based relationship off of friendship versus sexual desire, you never know what door God opens and who becomes this greatest companion in your life. We've placed so much of our emphasis on our flesh. We've placed so much emphasis on what, what we desire versus what God desires. And as we begin to fulfill the scriptures in our lives, and we begin to seek God's will for our life, it may lead us away from what we once thought was the will we wanted for our lives. And that's what we're all, either it be homosexuality or it be anger, or it be, I mean, all sins are the same in the eyes of God, sin is sin. We all struggle with something that we're growing out of and growing from. Um, And the world puts so much emphasis on sexuality. I mean, we, we live in a culture where it's important that everybody knows our sexuality. Isn't that bizarre? Why? We should live in a culture where everybody knows our name. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to be known. Everybody should know our passion as far as you know, we should, we should be working jobs or careers where we're passionate about something within that career. We should be working in ministries where we're passionate about helping people, not making sure everybody knows my sexuality, making sure everybody knows my, if I'm married or single. Oh, that's such a huge thing. Everybody knows, you know, what kind of financial status I have. The Lord, the Holy Spirit will be always guide. If you have given your heart to Christ and you struggle with what you once gave your life to, which was lusts. Okay, the flesh is full of lust. Homosexuality comes from lust. And if you're now turning your heart in, uh, over to God and you are trying to walk according to the scriptures... Now, you're not going to be perfect and nobody grows overnight. It is a process. But as long as you, the, the whole point of being a Christian is just having that desire that God has. You may not fulfill that desire all the time. But if you have that desire and you pray and you seek God and you keep moving closer to him. That's where all the answers for it is at. I just want to share that with you today. I hope that encourages and helps. I really want to know where I stand on these subjects because the church is so wishy-washy anymore. 
the church, this where the church is right now, it scares me. I've never been scared for the church, if you will. Because right now, we are living in a time where the righteousness and holiness is under attack. It totally grieves my heart. It's one of the things that right now will put me into tears immediately when I start thinking about it. If I've ever wanted to protect anything, I want to protect holiness and righteousness. And the church is being attacked by, by people who want to say these things are okay and they want the church to become okay with them. And I'll tell you, I am not concerned as a, as a Christian and a teacher. I am not concerned with a saved believer who is struggling with things. That, that's life. I am not concerned with somebody who gave their heart to Christ and they still s- smoke. They still, every once in a while, get... I mean, seriously, if I can get real right now, my concern is not for someone who messes up every once in a while and goes and does something foolish. My concern is when the world wants to make its presence inside of the church and change and make the church change in order for them to get validation and justice. We are a separate people, but the church, but the world wants to make us become one. And there is a resistance and a fight that has to take place right now. And I tell you, it's not, we do not live in a culture right now that wants to resist. We do not live in a culture right now who wants to stand against that stuff. Because why? It makes us look like we're bigots. It makes us look like we are haters. It makes us look like we aren't loving. The church wants to look loving. But the world in their foolishness says to us, that's not loving if you don't accept these things. Yes, we're loving. We love you as you are. But you can't come in your church as you are. You can't come into our church and begin to tell our church that as you are, we are, should become as well or need to be okay with. The Bible, trans- the Holy Spirit transforms. You come in as you are, but you should leave different. You come in given over to the flesh and the lusts of your flesh. But stay long enough so that you can begin to get delivered of those those lusts. I am stirred. I've been stirred for the last probably month. Actually, more than a month now. And I'm telling you, I have been stirred. I'm not one to go on about sin. I, I grew up in a church where they just beat you to death over sin. God set me free of sin and, and the, the bondages of sin. Yes, I still sinned after he set me free, but I was no longer condemned and on my way to hell every time I made a mistake. So there is a difference in what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is the world is attacking the, 
church, the righteous church. I've seen, I'm watching churches give into this. I'm watching denominations that were always kind of, to be honest with you, the ones I'm watching give into this have been denominations that were always kind of, oh, what's the word? I wish I had a better word, Lord, Holy Spirit. Uh, they were always kind of wishy-washy in a way. They were always kind of more about the appearance of a church and the appearance of going to church and being a Christian versus the, the, the transformation and change. They weren't about the, on Monday, when after I leave church on Sunday, on Monday when I went to work, I was a light. They didn't understand I was a light on Monday, and that light is where we're trying to save, heal, del- I and mean, we're actually trying to be the servant of God on Monday morning. But they knew on Sunday we went to church. And if somebody would ask, and if it was convenient, they certainly would say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, because it made them look a certain way at a certain conversation. Other conversations, they may not mention it at all, because it wasn't appealing to the, uh, the person they were talking to or the conversation they were having. You see where I'm going with this? There's an attack and, and I watch, <laughs> I know that if I grow at the level that some people have grown, the question will eventually come to me about homosexuality. I watch it be given to a lot of these people and they certainly, they get entangled by the question. They get entangled by first of all, it's a trick of the enemy. Okay. And I've even watched Christian, um, people, uh, interviewers give these, these to this, these ministers. It is a trick of the enemy because, and I think maybe sometimes the Christian interviewers are hoping they're going to get somebody to stand against it. But we find a lot of wishy-washy going on there. And here's the story, guys. I want to know where I stand on these subjects. I want to know how do I reach out. I don't, I don't need to hate a homosexual, obviously. I don't need to hate somebody who has anger in their life, do I? Do I need to hate someone who has a, a, a problem with porn? Do I need to hate someone who has a problem with uh, their mouth cussing? I mean, come on. Do I need to... We, we don't need to hate anybody with sin in their life. It's not our job to do that. It is our job to love them. But it's not our job to tell them that's okay. That it, 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 it's... It, the Bible says you can do that. I certainly welcome in anybody with any of these struggles in their life. Welcome them into the church. Love them to grow. Hopefully there's a preacher that's preaching enough uh, transformation message that they're actually starting to, to walk in the spirit versus walking in their flesh. Obviously I can continue on with this story, but I think I've made my point. Anything that is unnatural is not of God. 
God created what's natural. He created what he want, wanted things to be. He made male and female for all situations in order for them to produce. And if you are not able to produce, reproduce, excuse me, reproduce, you are not walking in the order that God designed. And if you are walking in your flesh, you will find yourself lust, lusting, lusting, th lusting for things that are unrighteous and that will lead you away versus lead you toward God. May you be blessed and may you grow in the Lord until we meet again. Good morning. This morning, as I was in prayer, I began to think about faith. And I was thinking about how this new season that I'm in, it's all based on faith. You know, I shared with you guys how God moved me from my comfort place uh, into a new church and how that's kind of just really shaken everything up. I am so thankful for that. Um, as I sat in the comfort zone for five to seven years, I was not able to be used by God and there was no place for me in ministry. Um, and, and although that was a great season of being grounded, uh, I had prayed God take me to the next level and the next um, season of my life. So as I have moved from comfort zone into the new season, when you need to claim a new territory, you go into battle for that territory. And that's no different for in the spiritual realm. If you're asking to move out into a new grounds and new uh, land and uh, just a new place, you have to go in and claim that place. And um, it's not, you know, and it's not the way the world sees it. It's all spiritually based. It's knowing that, you know, if God is trying to elevate you at that place, it's going to come a lot of fighting against you. The enemy doesn't want you to take that territory. He doesn't want you to step into that new level. So there's going to be the oppositions. There, and, and not only that, not even just the enemy. There's going to be your own flesh acting out. Because of the uncomfortableness of it all. You're, you know, you're being pushed to do things and to go into... Um, to do things that you used to let other people do. So now you're getting uncomfortable. And when it gets uncomfortable, it can be kind of um, overwhelming. And God is calling. It, for me, most of my 
um, wrestling in the spirit is due to fear of not being or, or being in my flesh or, or being not knowing which is the difference is it the Holy Spirit moving me or is it just my thoughts you know and to, to the fear of going into that and not being exactly what God has wanted me to be and somehow I am sabotaging myself or I'm getting involved you know with my own knowledge instead of the spirit and I want to walk in the spirit I want to have the Holy Spirit do what he does through me I don't want to do anything on my own and, and by my own thoughts or by my own opinions or how I see things I don't want to be involved other than the vessel and so the enemy can you know quickly um, can quickly discourage me just by saying little thoughts about you know this is you not God um, you're not just anything about it being about me and not the Holy Spirit so so basically that's that's how I feel about being at this new church I just really have to be obedient and listen and um, you know I do have a strong personality you know I do have that uh, I'm very opinionated I feel like in the flesh I feel like I make judgments a lot and so that's something that I have been battling with because if you know it used to be I used to have to battle with you know stuff I would say come out of my mouth you know and I'd uh in my behavior if somebody did me wrong uh you know at Walmart uh cashier I would snap back and I felt entitled to snap back and um and I'd walk away feeling like crap because I snapped back. Because it wasn't the light that we need to shine as Christians. So when, but now it's like, okay, I've grown past acting out. I've grown past, you know, I, I've kind of turned the cheek now. Uh, if they get an attitude with me, I just, I know it's not worth it. It's not Christian-like. Chill. Walk away. So I've gotten better in that, and now it's like the new thing that I'm just wrestling with is is that spirit that wants to judge people or judge situations or you know it just wants to wrestle, and I'm like, I don't want to be judging. I don't want to be critical. I don't want to be looking at every situation and making my own opinion out of it. I want to die to that. And that has been something that, you know, I've been wrestling with. And, um, I'll be honest with you, it's not, it's going to take a lot of effort for me to get, I've prayed this before and, and it, it felt like it got easier and, and everything's kind of died down and I was doing better. I've had to remove myself off of Facebook to make sure I wasn't judging people. Um, I've had to remove myself from pe certain people to make sure I wasn't judging people because it meant 
it means that much to me. And I, I need to do what I need to do to overcome that sin in my life. And this is, you know, it's very common. I, we grew up that way. That's how we grew up is we, we talked to each other about how we felt about other people. We, we made those judgment calls, you know, in communication on a constant basis. That's how we thought. So for me to almost reconstruct my way of thinking at this point, it's not coming but through a fight. I've got to wrestle with that. I've got to keep fighting. Keep being determined to not do that. You know, I was praying yesterday, and I know, I hope and pray to God that most people don't go through this. I'm pretty sure they don't. But one of the things that the enemy comes at me with is people, thinking about people, coming to my brain. Just, I mean, I think, I really think in the spiritual realm that the enemy has flashcards with people's faces and he just flashes them at me all day long. And every time I see the person, I associate a memory with them or I associate their personality with them or I associate their flaws with them. Yes. So this is a true problem for me. This isn't fake. And I am being honest with you. This season that we're in, Michael Todd said it. He said, this season that you're in, he said, it's a season of release. He said, one of the ways that you're coming through this season is by revealing to people your, what you're fighting with. It's not to cover up what you're fighting with so we all act like we got it together. I have never wanted to ever in my walk pretend like I had it all together. I'm transparent. I've been open to people. I think that's a part of my ministry is to say, this is what I struggle with. There are certain things I like to be more open about, but I know that because of man and flesh, you can't really go that path unless the Holy Spirit worded it in a way that, you know, it was anointed. But I'm just that open. I think it, I love the scripture that talks about, you know, um, what is it? It's about, uh, bringing our, you know, sins to one another and helping us overcome that way. So I'm all about doing that, but you can't really do that. I've, I've yet to gone to have gone to a church where I, or being around Christian people that I feel like, yeah, I would like to tell you, this is where I struggle. Can you pray with me on this? I haven't gotten that exposure yet. I'd love to, because who, how good that would be to be able to have that help and to have that release and someone fighting that battle with you. But, uh, you know, uh, but I, this morning I was thinking on faith and as I walked into this next season of my life, it has been completely on faith. I've trusted in the Lord, but I, you know, I went a little step further with, with this morning and I thought about how, my faith has been, I mean, I have been shaken. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I'm in faith, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm crying my way through this thing. I haven't changed the goal and I haven't changed my purpose 
to make myself feel better, but at the same time, I have certainly felt whew, overwhelmed. I've, I mean, literally, I've cried myself through this. There have been times where I've had to go to my mom and just, and, and maybe my daughter, and just be like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm dealing with. I even went to uh, an old pastor of mine and didn't come right out and say everything directly as I was, but I was trying to get some mentoring from him. Um, and ultimately, he wasn't able to give me what God was already given me. And I knew that. But it just like I needed somebody who had it more together than I did to to listen to me and, and give me some kind of rest in it. And most of the time, it's just a matter of me saying it. I don't really need too much feedback, to be honest with you. I just need to get it off my chest. Once I've said it, somehow it starts to shift and I'm suddenly coming out of that. But um, this morning I was thinking on faith and how that, you know, one of the, I have things that I need God to move in, just like everybody else. And so many times my faith has been based off if God has moved or not. So if he has moved and he has shown himself, he has shown up and changed the situation or whatever, my faith is grown. But what do we do when he doesn't show up? We find ourselves getting weary and I find myself getting left out and behind. And, and, and in the flesh, you want to think, okay, God doesn't do that for me and my family because of the generational curses over our family and because of, you know, um, the lack that we've always had. He, I'm going to be one of those people that he leaves out again. I'm not going to be like that set of people that I've seen generationally be blessed with what they're supposed to be blessed with. We don't get that in our family. So you're back in that category, Misty. And so, but I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want my faith to be dependent on the areas I've prayed and God's moved or the areas I've prayed and God has not moved. That's unstable. That's not true faith. That means you're just... If he shows up, you'll have faith. If he doesn't, then you don't have faith. That's not what we're talking about here. The word of God is telling us that he is faithful no matter what situation that we're in. So when Jonah was in the, the belly of the well, God was still faithful. When Joshua was in, uh, was in the well, God was still faithful. When Daniel was in the lion's den, God was still faithful. Even in the midst of that confusion, you know, even when uh, John the Baptist was put in prison, God was still faithful. Did John question his faithfulness? Absolutely. And I think Job even questioned it to a degree. I think that happens. However, the kind of faith that God is wanting us to get into, or at least me, it's what I'm feeling in my spirit. I feel like he's saying, 
And I said it this morning. One of, let me put it to you this way. One of the things that we have been praying about is moving. I've lived in the same house for the last, well, going on 20 years now. When I have been praying for at least the last 10 years to move. I've been praying to move since my husband left our family. Okay, since that divorce, I've not, because it was such a um, place of pain, it had become a place of uh, taunting, and I can't go into details on that, but there was, a, there was taunting, um, there was uh, just a place of where family once exists, now it's a, a desolate place. Now, God has blessed us in this place now. But we've prayed for years to move, but it has gotten increasingly, or I at least have prayed for years, but in the last couple of years, it is strong in my spirit. It is strong in the last couple of years. And my daughter now is feeling it, is also feeling it in her spirit. And she has been calling that out on a constant basis. And it's, and I told her, I said, we just have to pray. You know, and, and being that I've been single for all of these years, I have thought God would bring me a spouse. He said it wasn't good that Adam was alone, alone, so I figured it's probably not good that Misty's alone. So I've depended on him for that. That has not moved. We have not moved out of our house. We've been there, like I said, for 20 years, but we've been praying, you know, for the last 10 and God's not moved. Um... I've been needing a new vehicle and, um, that has not moved. Uh, God has blessed me uh, with the job. I've needed a certain type of church and type of ministry to walk under so that I can grow. That has not manifested. So I have things that I am, you know, really seeking God for and God has not moved. Does that mean he's not faithful? And that's, it does not mean that he's not faithful. This morning, it, it just was so clear to me that if he never moved in those areas, he has still been faithful to me. He said, I would never leave you and I would never forsake you, that I would be with you until the ends of this earth. And so therefore, as I live at that address, God has been with me. He has made sure that we have lived a stable life and that we have financially been able to afford the home that we're in, that we are in. He has made sure that that house has not burned down, that house has not been flooded. He has made sure that that house has stayed a, a, a roof over our head. We have had heat. Yes, we have dealt a lot with heat issues. Our furnace has gone out many times and we have had to have that fixed, but he has always made a way for that heater to be fixed. He has been faithful to me to pay those bills. He has been, as a single woman, at times jobless, living on my uh, savings account. God has made that happen for me. And he has been faithful for, um, he has been faithful that he has taught me how to be single. 
how to live a life without needing a spouse. Now, I would have never thought that would have came about. I just thought God would give me the spouse, not teach me how to be whole without a spouse. And so for me, that's a greater blessing than having a spouse. I just never came from that that, that line of thinking. My family, we all, if you were single, it was you were to find a spouse. That was your goal. I didn't know you could just live single and possibly do that until Jesus comes to get you. And that's it. Um, and as far as vehicles goes, God has kept one. We have kept a vehicle. We have been safe in that area. So even though the... I see um, another way God has his way. And in the midst of that, he has been just as faithful as if he were to do it eventually my way. Now, I know God's plans are greater for me. But if, he never, if we never deal with these particular issues, he is, he is faithful. And so that's kind of what my mind was gearing toward this morning. I was realizing we cannot make it the faith be based off the accolades, the things that he's done or has not done. We cannot depend on what we've seen and what we have not seen. We have to know that he has been faithful to have protected us from the works of the enemy that we don't even know about. He has been faithful to keep in the midst of what some could look at as uh, a very desolate place. He has built a bond between me and my two daughters that the enemy can't shake. He has built a bond between my, me and my two daughters that I don't believe a lot of people get to have because they are distracted and their heart is torn between a relationship versus, you know, over their children or, you know, maybe they're just more distracted. But the relationship that we've built is priceless. In this life, who knew that I would have that kind of, um, of connection and that my girls would have a chance to have that kind of connection with a mother that will live with them throughout the rest of their life. That strength, they are going to build. I, that is their foundation. And they will go through life now being stronger because of that. Feeling more confident because of that. Knowing they have a safe place to fall because of that. Knowing that they can do, um, that they are secure in who they are. They've learned over the years that they don't need a man in order for them to feel whole. They've learned that, that, that their focus is not on getting married, but it is on their calling in life. I've taught them their, their calling and their purpose goes beyond anything. It goes beyond relationships, men, marriage. It, it, you stay focused and you seek out your calling and you do it for God. And so... I wouldn't take these years back for nothing. And I, I, it's, it's amazing for me to stand here and say that th that's faith. That's where, uh, that's not my faith, but that's what God has inst instilled in me. And um, so today, so many times, I've just played that victim role. Like the enemy likes to suck me into like, you know, um, just, you know, we compare, we do. And I, I, I'm bad for it. Um, if I don't watch myself, I'll let the enemy creep in and show me somebody who doesn't have to deal 
with constant house problems. Like my house is either it's plumbing or it's uh, a dishwasher going out, a refrigerator going out, a hot water tank going out. Literally, I've had all of this. <laughs> and I'm sure, and it goes on in a lot of people's lives. Don't get me wrong. But um, my heater has gone out so many times. I can't even count at this point. My uh, air conditioner has gone out. Um, I've had um, just very, very important things come against me within my home. My washer's gone out a month later. My dryer goes out. Uh, it's like too coincidental that they would go out at the same time. Uh, but as my car, obviously I've had car issues along the way. So all of these situations used to stress me out. I mean, I would just go into victim mode. I would just feel so sorry for myself and think that God you know, cared more for everybody else. And I'd see everybody else's life being easier. And it's just like, Oh, there you go. You're in a, under that generational curse. It's always going to be this way type thing. But, uh, even in the midst of it, I was growing and I knew, you know, in the back, you're torn because you, you, you hear that voice, but you get over it and you're like, you know, God was faithful. You know, at that moment you get negative about it because you're under that pressure and under that pressure, you're just like, really? as you watch maybe, you know, the ex, you know, not having these problems and you're just constantly having those problems. You're like, really? Yeah. But after you get over the madness, you thank God for providing a way. You thank God that he always comes through. So I just, I, I don't know. I thought I want to share it this morning as to our you know, the faith and knowing that even in the wilderness, God is faithful. That even in the midst of children going to jail, God is faithful. Even in the midst of dying spouses and dying parents, God is faithful. That, you know, I was listening to, um, I was reading last night and listening to, um, Donnie McClurkin's uh, story and some of the stuff he's gone through. And I thought, my goodness, no one can go through that much stuff. You know, his testimony is amazing. I mean, and he keeps rising above it in the midst of it actually happening. He's posting these videos of trusting in God. And the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. It's not like we we get a special, you know, get out of jail free card. It's going to be what it is, but we have to to go beyond our circumstances and believe that God is still faithful. We just have to live in a state of knowing he's faithful. Uh, when it first happens is when I need to be very careful what comes out of my mouth because that's the shock factor. That moment when something first happens, I want to immediately blame God or get mad at God for it. And that's the moment I have to be very careful what I allow to come out of my mouth. And, um, as I grow, I'm seeing less and less of that. And now it just seems like with me stepping into faith with this new venture and this new season that God has me in, I'm seeing even another level of faith. I, we are, I, I don't know about everybody else's walk, but mine is just, it's literally one step at a time. And as I take that, I can feel the increase and, you know, and, and it's amazing to see that, you know, I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, I would have thought I had enough faith, 
but it's not like that. It just keeps growing. And I was talking to someone yesterday who was, uh, she was telling me about this manager being only 20, I think seven or 28 years old. And, um, she and I are obviously older and, uh, she had made a comment to the manager and the manager came back. Well, it has nothing to do with age. And, uh, she and I were saying that it's hard to realize that, but it, there is something about age. There is something that comes along with living longer and learning more and watching the effects of things that we say, learning what not to say because we saw the outcome. That, that life learning does have a huge effect even though it's hard to see when you're in your 20s. And I think that's how the faith is. It's like I look back and I'm like, well, if my faith was so good, why did I say that? Why did I feel so angry with God at that point? So it must not have been as strong as it should. And as I've grown, I'm looking back now and saying, yeah, my faith hasn't always been what it needs to be. And this is how I need. And now that I'm growing in faith, it's easier. And I'm seeing that these things come and they go. That's life. They come and they go but he's always there with me. May you be blessed today, and until we meet again, 